Welcome to season two of Dope, the baking podcast that still aims to bake the world a better place. My name is Jay, and I am the owner of The Jay Spot, a little small baby bakery that I run out of my kitchen right here in Richmond, Virginia. And I'm inviting you back on this journey with me as I try my very best to navigate my 20-somethings through recipes and a series of talks about relationships, pop culture, and as always, more Beyonce than you would ever care to hear about. Welcome back to the second season of Dope, you guys. We made it through our first season, and honestly, I'm not even going to hold you. I'm not even going to hold you. The first season was scary. It was. I don't know if you guys were here for the first season or here for the first episode, but the kid was a little terrified. And by like a little, I mean like a lot. It was very scary trying something new and coming to these big windows every single week and talking to you guys about the issues that I'm facing the things that I'm plagued with, that I'm challenged by, and really just growing together. I've learned so much over the course of those few weeks that we were together, and I really had fun. Like, I had a lot of fun talking with you guys. I don't even know who I was talking to for real, for real, if we're being honest. Um, As a communications major and uh, overtly extrovert, okay, I just love to talk. I love to talk. Okay. Actually, you know what? I love to talk so much that recently I've been plagued with some some vocal challenges. Okay. I'm not sick. There's nothing wrong with me. I've just been talking so much to the point where my voice is running away from me. And I have to kind of sort of start her up in the morning or else I sound like a chain smoker. So you know when you like <laughs> when you like start up a car and it stalls a little bit? And so you just gotta keep trying until hopefully she works. That's been me with my voice for the past week. I've been talking so much. Have I been saying anything productive? You know, honestly, honestly, probably not. But you know what? I said it. And that's what really matters is that I said it and that I did something. The point is, I have so missed coming to these windows and talking with you guys. If you were here last season, you know that in my bedroom, I have these giant windows that overlook the outside world and I would come to them every single week. I would talk to you guys about all sorts of things. Last season, we covered a myriad of topics, okay? In the very first episode, we discussed bouncing back after disappointments, right? I am a planner. I plan until the day is done. I have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and backup plans for most of those plans. As someone who is a strategist, it's what I do for my job, it's what I do for clients. I am really good at strategizing. I'm really good at fixing problems. However, okay, despite all of my efforts, I could not plan a global pandemic. Couldn't plan it, didn't see it. Girl, okay, imagine my surprise. So bouncing back after disappointments, I had all of these plans um, and graduation plans. The pandemic hit my senior year of college, right? So I had all these plans. It was going to be a hot girl spring break, a hot girl summer graduation. You know what I mean? Like I had all of these plans, but a global pandemic later, those plans shifted and they changed. And I had to figure out what I was going to do with my life in the middle of a pandemic post-grad. And post-grad life is gross. I don't know if anybody knows it because nobody told me how disappointing it is being an adult. 
being an adult is like not the wave, but now I have to navigate the space in a pandemic. So the very first episode, we talked about bouncing back after disappointments and really figuring out life for yourself. Um, The second episode, we talked about it's okay to reinvent yourself. It's okay to be different. It's okay to be not who you were yesterday or the week before or the month before. Change is inevitable, right? But how you adapt to that change is totally up to you, okay? It's okay to not be the same person you were Wednesday. In fact, I encourage it because growth is also something that should happen. We talked about imposter syndrome and how sometimes imposter syndrome is just not seeing yourself in certain spaces, right? And how representation matters and showing up for yourself matters. We talked a lot about self-care. I love a good self-care. I will self-care right now. I will stop everything. I will stop my whole day. That's no problem, okay? That is no problem. I will stop everything right now to do some self-care, whether it's a quick meditation, going for a walk, doing a face mask, going to brunch. Brunch is self-care. It is. Come on, somebody. It is self-care, okay? Bottomless mimosas, self-care, self-care. So the next time your waiter asks, if you want bottomless mimosas, think about your inner healing, okay? Think about your inner healing and how good that is going to be for your soul. I co-sign it. I do. I do. We talked about taking the first steps and processing that information and processing that first step. What is it going to take to get that first step out there? What are the steps that you need to take in order to take these steps? And how do you go about taking those steps? We talked about the beauty of becoming undone in this episode I called parbaked. Um, and being parbaked is when you bake something, but only halfway, right? So it's undone until you have to finish cooking it the rest of the way at a different time. And we talked about the beauty that it is to be undone and to become undone and how you don't have to be on all the time and you don't have to be perfect all the time and you don't have to present things the way they are all the time. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be open. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay to feel. It's okay to be a human being. We talked about stopping and taking the time to enjoy your life, stopping and smelling the flowers, really being present and really showing up for yourself. In a different episode, we talked about how not everyone should have access to you. Not everybody should have access to you. Girl, turn that phone off, okay? Turn the phone off. Stop talking to them. Put them on Do Not Disturb and go on about your day. We talked about the access that people should not have to you. We talked about unsolicited advice in a different episode. Before you let somebody give you unsolicited advice, ask yourself, do they even know what they're talking about to give me this advice? Because some people's advice is not advice. It's just like some hateration. You know what I mean? Like, it's just their opinion disguised as advice. Like, advice has structure to it. Critiques have structure to it. Someone saying, I don't like this because, like, the, uh, 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 no, pass. No, thank you. Also, it's like, do you even know what you're talking about to give me this advice? Do you? Or do you just want to talk? Because, girl, if you just wanted to talk, start a podcast like everybody else, okay? If that's all you wanted to do, start a podcast. And I'm going to rate that one star, okay? Because I'm petty. In the following episode, which happens to be one of my favorite episodes and you guys' favorite episodes because it's one of the most listened ones on season one, is relationships and knowing when it's time to let a relationship go, knowing when it's fizzled out, knowing when it's done over nothing else we can do about it, right? And one of the things that I talked about was being on the same page, right? And knowing where you're both going and where you're both headed. If it's casual, whatever, okay. 
But if I know in my heart and soul that I want to go to L.A. and my partner wants to go to Miami and we have no desire to go where each other is going, right? Like, I don't want to go to Miami. They don't want to go to L.A. The best we could do is go to the airport and say goodbye, okay? Because if there's no goals, if there's no vision, if there's no nothing, then, like, what are we doing and why are we doing it? Because we have history together? (laughs) Okay. Because I, like, what? Like, why are we still doing this? If there's nothing left for us here besides memories and some really bad patterns of behavior. You know what I mean? Like, so that was a really great episode. The next episode was about loafing around and how sometimes we just need a moment or two or 10 and coming back after a long hiatus. We talked a lot about untapped potential in that episode and how so many of us, myself included, have a lot of untapped potential that we just can't seem to push past. So we know we have all this talent. We know we have all this potential. What do we do with it? How do we go about channeling that potential? In the final episode, we talked about what is the story that you want to tell? Okay, you are the narrator of your own life. What is the story that you want to tell? And in that episode, I discussed how potential that only stays potential is potential wasted. So you got all this potential, right? You got all this talent, all these resources, all this potential. That's great. That's cute. That's real cute. What are you doing with it? What are you doing about it? Potential that only stays potential is potential wasted. Because those talents and those gifts could go to somebody else, girl. Get up and make use of it. So now that we're in season two, which is kind of weird to say, um, I'm not going to lie. I ain't even going to hold you. Getting to this part has been difficult, okay? I have planned out the whole season ahead of time, which last season I kind of didn't do. I just showed up and hoped for the best. Um, and that was great. But I don't know. It was it was difficult getting here and uh, getting to this point, which I will discuss at the end of the episode because right now we have things to do. But it's been a journey. It's been a ride. It's been a roller coaster to get to season two. It is holiday season. Halloween is coming up very soon. And then, of course, we have Thanksgiving and my favorite Christmas. If you know me, you know that I am a Christmas fanatic. Okay, like insane. Like we're watching all the movies. We're making all the cookies. We're doing all the activities. We're decorating. We're trimming the tree. We're setting up little trinkets like tacky light tours. Hello? Hello? We're going on all of them. And I will make us homemade hot cocoa, but we're going and we're going to have fun. All of us together. I get a little insane around the holidays, but that's not for a while. And um, hopefully my insanity doesn't show up via audio because that would be really tragic if you could see it through sound. But we're back for season two and that's so, so exciting. We have a myriad of topics that we're going to discuss this season. Some of those being dealing with other people through the holiday season and how to have joy in spite of having to deal with other people. Like, you know, your family that's in town, that you low-key, high-key can't stand, but you got to tolerate them because you're blood. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about not living in the past this season and stress management during the holiday season. We're going to talk about dealing with seasonal depression. It's hard. It's hard. We're going to talk about the skeletons in our closet and owning our truth this season. But today, 
because I wanted to do this episode last season for season one. Um, but honestly, I'm glad I saved it because we got some new insight, you guys. We got some new insight. So we're starting off this season talking about being the therapist friend, okay? The title of this episode is called Whenever You Need Me. We're talking about being the therapist friend, okay? The friend that listens to everybody through all their troubles, all their problems, all their issues, tries their best to give good advice, tries their best to be anything and everything in all of their friendships, like the ride or die friend, the go-getter friend, the one that's always checking in on other people friend, the one that's always connecting people to other people friend, like the friend that's got your back through every challenge of life really a caretaker friend. Okay. I am a caretaker friend and that's not even me bragging or being boastful because honestly, much of it has been to my demise. Okay. Like being the caretaker friend in a lot of friendships and situations, situationships, relationships been to my demise. Okay. So I am going to express to you guys the things that I've learned trying to be a therapist friend or trying to be the friend that like does the absolute most for people and then is like low-key disappointing because it's like dang I really like wrote for you and this is how you acted like so we're gonna discuss that okay so the first thing that I've had to learn when being the therapist friend or the ride or die friend the go-getter friend the champion friend whatever you want to call it is that I have had a poor time setting boundaries And this goes for friendships, relationships, like whenever you need me and you said that you needed me, I meant that I'm being there. I'm running. I will drop everything for you and be there for you. It's great to have advocates and it's great to advocate for people. However, you need to have those boundaries clear cut and established before you proceed in helping people. I am still working on my boundaries. I'm not even going to hold you. A lot of this stuff that we're going to be discussing is stuff that I'm still learning. Being in my mid-20s, I just turned 25, dear God, help us all. Um, Being in my mid-20s, I've learned that I have really bad boundary issues. Being in my mid-20s is still a learning process, okay? Some of the episodes that I just went through and just told you guys that we discussed, I'm still learning to this day. Sometimes growth is not linear, okay? Like, yeah, I'm growing, but then it's like, oh, dang, I messed up. Oh, let me grow again, right? We have periods of stagnancy. We have periods of restructure and structure. Growth is, mm, it's hard, but we're learning. And that's the best part. I have learned that I (laughs) have poor boundary issues. Okay, we're working on them. They're not fully fixed yet. Getting there. Thank God. Um, And I would always say, you know how those people are like, I just love so hard. I give my all. It's just, I, I just love so much and so hard. Like, okay, sure, sure. Or, or you have really bad boundary issues. You do. Like, it's not a question of how hard you love. It's a question of, should you be loving this hard? Maybe not. If you are going above and beyond for somebody and they're not being reciprocal, then it's up to you to like, reestablish those boundaries I just feel like sometimes people use it as like a cop-out and it's like okay yes you love hard love people that's great but at the same time same time same moment let's reassess those boundaries girl like let's reassess and rediscuss 
is this healthy? Is this fruitful? Is this productive going forward? Maybe not. Like, like, could it be that you maybe don't love as hard as other people, but you just have poor boundaries? Like you're giving your all in this situation, in this relationship, to this relationship, and it's clearly not being reciprocated. And yet you keep doing it. That's a boundary issue. Or you're loving so hard, but you're not loving another person the way that they want to be loved. You're loving them how you want them to be loved. And then it becomes an issue in your relationship. Like, have you asked somebody if they wanted to be loved that hard or be loved in that way? Or you just did it? Oh, okay. That's a boundary issue. So we're going to reinforce these boundaries and rediscuss these boundaries with ourselves and redraw these boundaries. It's okay to redraw your boundaries. Redraw them as much as you want. Like this was okay in that season and I let all that fly in that season. But right now, I ain't letting it fly right now. And that's fine. Discuss that. Also, another thing with boundaries, we want to monitor discussions. Okay. Monitor discussions, monitor behaviors. So I have this thing. And if this makes me a bad person, a bad friend, whatever, don't care. It's giving me peace. Okay. And it's giving me peace of mind. That's what I care about. Okay. I am very much the type of person where it's like, you only have a certain amount of times to discuss the same exact issue with me before I'm just not going to discuss it again with you. All right. You know, that person that comes to you for the 15th time today to discuss the same habits in their relationships that you talked to them about three years ago and they're still doing it and they're still like with that person, like they still are struggling through that really terrible relationship with that same issue, you know? No, not me, not I, can't do it, won't do it, pass, no thank you, okay? I am not going to sit here with you discussing the same issues from three years ago. Because because what? What do you mean? No, no, no. I feel like at that point, you don't even want someone to vent to or talk things through with or discuss things with because we discussed that eight chapters ago. You want somebody to co-sign your bad decisions and it's not going to be me. Maybe rant to somebody else and they can further help you, but can't be me, won't be me, tapped out, dried up, don't want to deal with it. So sorry. Monitor those discussions that you have with your friends and in those relationships and in these spaces that you occupy. Some discussions are not worth your time. Some things are not worth your energy. Like this is the eighth time we've discussed this. Or if you're having an issue with a friend and a problem with a friend and you've expressed how you felt multiple times, right? I'm not saying like the first, second, or even third time. Like this is a common theme in your relationship with this person. And like, you're like, I don't like it when you speak to me that way. And they continue to do it. I don't like it when you do this. And they continue to do it. I am not, I don't feel well when this happens. I don't feel safe when this happens. And they continually do it. And this is like a pattern of behavior for this person. At that point, it's like, you just don't respect me or my boundaries. Because I've expressed to you how I felt. And yet you're still doing it. And yet we're still here. And yet this is still happening. Really monitor those discussions and those patterns of behavior because they will tell you a lot about a friendship, about a relationship, and how much energy you're putting into something. We touched on reciprocity. Um, So like, 
as much as I give, I should be receiving. Okay. I'm not saying that you have to be on all the time, right? I feel like we should try our best to give our all in relationships, but also prioritizing relationships. Like how much energy should I be putting into relationships? That's something that you need to discuss and have that conversation with yourself. However, if I'm always showing up for you and you can't show up for me, that's a problem. It's a problem. And yes, you can show up for people in many different ways, but it's like, if I'm always showing up for you, always showing up for you and you can't show up for me, that's a problem. It's an issue. It's an issue. And lastly, we're going to discuss reevaluating your expectations. Okay. I've had a hard time with this. And as I've ended friendships, relationships, situationships, what have you, this is something that I've discussed with said person is that I can't expect you to be me. Like I can't expect me from you, right? The way that I show up in the world and the way that I react to things, the way that I want to be treated, the way that I want to be nurtured and talked to is different from how someone actually would do it. So I'm expecting you to handle things the way that I would handle them. I'm expecting you to talk to me the way that I would talk to me or the way that I would talk to you or the way that I would talk to other people and engage with other people. But that's just not reality and that's not the case. We all have different life experiences and we all have different challenges and we all bring different things to the table. So where I was getting frustrated at was that I was expecting people to show up the way that I would show up. And it caused a lot of tension because I'm like, why can't you just do this the way that I would do it? Or why can't you be this person? Why can't you be this advocate? Why can't you do this? Like, girl, maybe they're just not capable. I just, maybe it's just not in them. Maybe they're just not capable of meeting you where you're at, of seeing you where you are and going forward in that direction. They're just not capable. You're expecting something of them that they really are not. Like at the core of them, they are not that thing. Have expectations for your relationships, but at the same time, don't expect you from other people. Okay, my friends, for this recipe, we are going to try our very, very best to fly through this recipe. It is for cinnamon rolls. So if you were here last season, okay, we talked about the different kinds of things that you will need, the different kinds of ingredients you will need. If you're not caught up on that, pause this. Head on over to last season where I talked about like the things that you need, mixing bowls, spoons, spatula. For this, you are going to need a stand mixer or you're going to want a stand mixer unless you're going to be mixing this dough by hand, and that's not fun. For the dough, okay, you're going to need one cup of warm milk, warm to about 110, 115 degrees Fahrenheit. You're going to need two and a half teaspoons of dry active yeast, or one packet, two large eggs, always room temperature, one third cup of melted butter, unsalted, obviously. Make sure it's not too hot, so about the same temperature as the milk, you're going to need half a cup of granulated sugar, a teaspoon of salt, and four cups of flour. So what you're going to do is in a stand mixer, you're going to pour your warm milk into a bowl. And from your half a cup of sugar, you're going to take out one teaspoon and you're going to mix it into the milk. 
Then you're going to pour your yeast on top and you're going to let it sit there and soak up and bubble, okay? The yeast should be sort of foamy. You're gonna let it do that for about five to 10 minutes, depending on your kitchen and how humid it is. So once the milk is warmed up and the yeast is starting to foam, you're going to add your eggs, your butter, and your remaining sugar. And you're going to mix that until just combined. Don't overmix it, just until combined. So where like the eggs are broken up and everything is smooth. Then you're going to add in your salt and your flour. You're gonna do it until it's just combined and then you're gonna switch over to a hook attachment. So now the hook attachment is new for us. It's just a hook and it helps you to scrape and really beat the mixture, mix it on medium high speed until it forms a ball. The ball should be very smooth. If it's crusty or clumpy, you might wanna start the process over again because it shouldn't be crusty or clumpy. Nobody wants that. You're gonna scrape the dough off the hook and you're going to knead the dough for a few minutes, okay? Just until it's all formed together, okay? So I take a little bit of flour, put it on a board, and dust my hands with flour, and really just knead the dough until it's formed. In a separate bowl, you're gonna put some butter at the bottom, and you're gonna place your dough on top, and you can cover it with a piece of parchment paper, or, or a dish towel, or a towel, and you're going to let it rest, and it needs time to proof. So if you listen to our proof stop meditation, it's just a baking term to let things rise, okay? Some baking things and some baking items need a resting period, but it really needs a warm area to rise. So you can leave it on your stovetop, you can leave it in your oven at the lowest setting with the door cracked, but it just needs some humidity and some heat. So you're gonna let it sit there for about 30 minutes, 30, 35 minutes, and by this point, it should have doubled in size. That's really, really important is that it doubles in size. So for your filling, you're going to need one fourth cup of chopped pecans, half a cup of butter, one cup of brown sugar, and two tablespoons of cinnamon. So with that, you're just gonna combine all those ingredients in a small bowl and mix them together. It should form a paste or something very, very close to a paste. And then you're gonna set that aside for when your dough is done rising. Now we're gonna move on to the pour over. Okay, the pour over is going to be something that really enhances the quality of your cinnamon rolls really just gives it that mm, that va va voom, that body that we're all looking for in cinnamon rolls. So for that, you're going to need half a cup of heavy cream, one fourth cup of chopped pecans, and one tablespoon of butter. You're gonna put all these ingredients in a saucepan and you're gonna let it simmer for about 10 minutes. So after the 30 minutes, you're going to take your dough out and you're going to knead your dough so you're going to flour your surface one more time, flour your hands, grab your rolling pin, um, and flour your rolling pin and roll your dough out into a rectangle. The cinnamon rolls can be however big or small you want them to be. You're going to take the paste that you set aside and you're going to coat the inside of your cinnamon rolls, making sure that you get every single piece of dough. And then you're going to roll it up and then you're going to cut them and place them in your baking dish. You're going to need a baking dish lined with parchment paper or butter, however you want to do it. I did both. I did parchment paper and then put butter on top of the parchment paper. You're going to want to cut your cinnamon rolls and place them in your baking dish and grab that same piece of parchment paper or that same towel from before, place it over your baking dish and pop it back to where you last had it, so your stove or your oven, and it's going to need to proof again for about another 20 minutes. Take your pour over mixture off the heat and set it aside. 
By this point, your rolls should have nearly doubled in size and you're going to take your cinnamon rolls out and you're going to take your pour over mixture and pour it over top of your cinnamon rolls. You're going to preheat your oven to 375 degrees and you're going to slide the cinnamon rolls in there for about 20 to 22 minutes. When you're done, they can then be taken out of the oven and set to cool on the stovetop. Now you can cover them with cream cheese, you can cover them with a simple syrup, a sticky syrup. I did a sticky syrup. Whatever you like, simple icing, however you prefer them is however they're going to get done. But these butter pecan cinnamon rolls are everything. They're so gooey, they're so buttery, and as a cornbread-fed, southern-bred black woman, I love butter pecan, okay? So it gives me all the comfort and all the southern flavor that I love and treasure to this very day. So for this episode, our very first episode back, we are going to skip, I know, I know, I know, it hurts me too, it hurts me too, but we are going to skip the question and answer, and then we're going to skip the main takeaway portion, okay? Because I kind of want to build upon this and sort of like ease you guys back into the swing of things. So the next episode, which should drop simultaneously, will include the main takeaway, and then by the third episode, we're going to do the question and answers, okay? So y'all got three episodes to ask me something, ask me anything. But for now, we're just going to get into the wind down, which is what we're now calling the main takeaways. The wind down is just classier, just gives the girls something to party to. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, like we're winding down the day, but we're doing so with alcohol. So like, ooh, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So we are going to get into this recipe and wind this episode down. These episodes drop like really early in the morning. It's like 630. Um, So wherever happy hour is for you, okay? Because listen, it's always happy hour somewhere in the world. It is. I'm just going to preface it, okay? I am not a bartender. I'm not. I'm not. But I have an amazing friend who is, slash was, he does uh, He does a lot. I don't know actually what, it, what he does. So he may or may not still bartend. However, he didn't hesitate to jump in when I asked him to help me with this idea. And I have a lot of crazy ideas, which he is always an advocate for um so big shout out to him for making all these drinks for you guys because I was like does a martini have vodka like can I just can I just give them a recipe with just vodka is that how drinks work I don't know so he was super helpful and really just jumped in and was all hands-on so thank you to him for providing these recipes so this week we are going to have a butter crunch martini so for your butter crunch martini You're going to need one ounce of Kahlua, one ounce of Bailey's Irish cream, one ounce of amaretto, two ounces of half and half. You're going to need some caramel and Heath toffee bits. So you're going to take some caramel and you're going to place it in a saucer. And then you're going to dip the drinking part of the martini inside the caramel. So just the rim. You're going to dip the rim of the martini inside the caramel. And then in a separate dish, You're going to add your Heath toffee bits and you're going to sort of coat the toffee bits on top of the caramel. So kind of like how they do with like margaritas, how they put like the lime on the rim and then dip the rim and like the salt or the sugar. That's exactly what we're going to be doing. Okay, so so your first dipping should be in the caramel sauce and then the second dipping should be 
in the Heath toffee bits, okay? Then you're going to take your martini glass and you're going to chill it for about 20 or 30 minutes. And you're going to take a cocktail shaker, fill it halfway with ice, add your Kahlua, Bailey's, Amaretto, half and half, and shake it for about 30 seconds. After that, you're going to strain your shaken mixture into your martini glass, and then you can top it with even more Heath toffee bits if you prefer to. So that's what we're going to be drinking today once I sign off off this podcast, because Lord knows we're going to need it. Dope was written and produced by me, your host, Jay. Music was produced by my friend, Diego Lainez. You can find him on Instagram at Diego Grit. That's D-I-E-G-O-G-R-I-T. For more information, head on over to our Instagram page at the underscore J-Spot. That's T-H-E underscore J-A-I-S-P-O-T. And remember, you're always welcome back home. <laughs> <laughs>